You're now listening to The Nest on Tap, conversations to encourage parents to make informed choices about healthcare and to embrace parenting as a tool to change the world, one diaper at a time. Here's your host, Katie Demota. Welcome to The Nest on Tap. We're so excited today to be uh, joined by Jessica Parker. Jessica is a local acupuncturist. She specializes in women's health, prenatal health, family wellness, Eastern and functional medicine. She strongly believes in integrative healthcare, providing a supportive community for wellness and the synergistic relationship of all modalities of medicine. Jessica, welcome to the nest. We're so happy you're here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, I, Jess, can I go way back, all the way back to Oakland? That must be, I was thinking about it this morning, at least 13 years, Jessica. Yes, yes, <laughs> over a decade, for sure. Yay, so we're so happy we've, we're in Nevada County. Yeah, absolutely. It's been so great. I feel so welcomed by the community, opening to my practice up here, second location. It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, we're fortunate. Thank you. Today, we're welcoming you to Motherhood Monday, where we talk about all things maternal health. And we're excited to have you answer some of our questions about um, maternal health. But I also thought you could focus just a tiny bit on pediatrics, because I think you're the only acupuncturist I know who really talks about that in her practice. So I'd love to, because I know everyone listening are parents, um, Mm -hmm. and I think so many of us want to know what else can we do for our kids and who else might be able to help us. Mm -hmm. So maybe it can help us answer that question as well. Absolutely. Um, I love working with kids of all ages. Um, You know, I think a lot of the, most people ask if I use needles on babies or younger kids and generally I do not, they don't need that um, more intense stimulation. There's all kinds of things that we can do in the office and um, take-home practices that I can teach parents to do at home with massaging certain acupuncture points or acupressure points um, and helping kind of stimulate that acupuncture activity. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's all very gentle regardless, but rarely do I use needles on young kids or babies. Um, it totally is individual. And there's other things that we can do. Again, like I said, we can also do some stimulation with um, I use a micro stim machine. It's kind of like little jacuzzis of moving chi in certain areas. And, um, and again, a lot of it is, you know, teaching parents to do stuff that they can, they can utilize at home, really simple techniques. And why would like, give us just a short list of reasons why we would, uh, we would bring a child to see or a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that is a very broad, uh, scope there. I mean, from colic, from digestive issues, from sleeping issues, um, certainly as kids get a little older, anxiety and stress, I've been seeing a lot of that, obviously the last few years with helping kids get through, you know, excessive anxiety over the pandemic and, and changes, you know, in their day-to-day with school. Um, but really, you know, whatever issue kids can have, we can even treat some more, um, you know, things that are a little more severe if they're being seen or treated with other doctors and practitioners. I like to work synergistically with um, and integratively with other practitioners too. So 
the the scope is broad for for kids and babies. Great, thanks for asking that because I think some of us are like, hmm, who? And I talk a lot at the nest about creating your team versus mm-hmm. just counting on one person to care for your child the whole way through. It's to me, I have found it really important to have that team and to know which which member of my team is, you know, relevant at which moments. Absolutely. I had an experience, I had an experience of working in um, my building in Oakland that I've been practicing out of for almost 15 years was a very collaborative um, building where we had chiropractors that worked with babies, as you know, Um, the upstairs had massage and other, um, you know, variety of practitioners. And we really encouraged that. I call it the kitchen sink method of really getting you know, again, yeah, like a team of healthcare practitioners. Acupuncture is one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now I just had this conversation a little bit different, but with someone that I've been working on that has Parkinson's mm-hmm. and acupuncture has been so profound for her. And she is seeing other chiropractors, other practitioners. She's taking banjo lessons. Like there's all these different things that are a part of her wellness. And I really encourage that um, with treating kids and babies and families in general. Jessica, walk us through what you can do for supporting pregnancy. Yeah, I actually, um, I ran the East Bay Integrative Pregnancy Project for several years. We've been a little out of commission since pandemic. Um, we're kind of trying to get that up and running. And now as I focus my, my time here with my family in Nevada County and, and reopening or opening up a second location up here, um, wanting to kind of build that. And basically the long and short of the program was offering acupuncture and nutritional counseling for low cost and or free, um, for pregnant individuals that needed our support. And my experience with that is I, I wish that every woman that is either considering getting pregnant and or pregnant gets acupuncture every week throughout the whole, every phase. It is so helpful on a variety of levels, either um, just as supporting the body as it's changing every day, hips are expanding, helping that energetic movement um, at that deeper level, stress, sleep, anxiety, preparing for uh, you know any digestive issues and then preparing into labor. It is, um, you know, really profound. And it can be kind of a hefty undertaking to be really consistent, um, to pay for acupuncture and commit to it weekly. So that's why we had created this project, the integrative pregnancy project to make that more, um, affordable and attainable for a lot of people. So I am hoping to try to drum that up and get that going up here. So I think that it's such a needed modality for people to do, you know, throughout pregnancy. Yeah, we're super excited at The Nest to support your vision for that and hopefully 2023. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, I have, we had one more question and then there's some other folks here with us and maybe they have some questions too. Um, we had a question from one of our subscribers about how acupuncture can support thyroid imbalance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this question. It's so interesting because I do, you know, my other hat is the functional medicine doctor. And um, I did focus my doctorate program on on establishing the lab piece in in conjunction with the acupuncture and the Eastern medicine. 
And I love looking at lab work. I think that it is really empowering to actually know what lab work means rather than having it come to you from your Western doctor, like normal, abnormal. Um, and then, you know, as many of us know, we often can have normal labs, but we still feel unwell. And there's so much great information that functional medicine can really offer in that piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, combining it with the Eastern medicine piece, you know, our pulses are incredible lab work, you know, and that's, it's such a great opportunity to, to look at the whole picture. Um, and with the thyroid, you know, I think we do spend a lot of time thinking about, thinking about it as its own individual system. But when we bring that Eastern medicine piece into it, that's where we are looking at the body as a series of systems and that the thyroid is one piece. It's one branch of maybe where there has been imbalance in other, um, you know, systems. Digestion is a big one. Chronic issues with digestion, chronic fatigue, adrenals. Uh, We can all kind of piece those other systems together and see how it's, it's helping with the whole. So with thyroid, um, what I'm really looking for, again, where are the other pieces and other systems that are needing support to help the thyroid? And then how to um, sort of restructure our terminology with Eastern medicine, we're talking about kidney indeficiency, or it could be kidney yang deficiency. That's kind of like hyper hypoactive. And then we can also see, again, if there's a, been a digestive component, we're talking about spleen and blood chi deficiency. The liver plays a huge role in managing and processing stress, just like a toxin. And if that has been overwhelmed for a long period of time, that can have a huge impact on inflammation and the thyroid. So with Eastern medicine, we're really, we're, again, we're looking at the different systems and how they work together rather than thyroid. This is what the lab says. It's high or low. And, um, you know, again, really pulling the whole piece together and using that, that Eastern medicine approach as well. So it sounds like people should definitely come and see you when they're experiencing thyroid issues. Definitely. I really love, you know, focusing on supporting again, people are, often they come to me and they have, we really go through their lab work. And so they know exactly what it means to have, aside from the thyroid itself, what does it mean if I have a higher low potassium or sodium level? You know, all of these things play a role into how our body is, um, you know, harmonized. And so I really love helping people understand what their labs mean and, and take that away with, you know, having that knowledge. Jessica, can you walk us through when we've spoken a couple of times, one of your most recent passions is to help people Marie Kondo their supplements, which is quite uh, perfect here as we're talking about thyroids and thyroid issues and and supporting the body. Tell us about this new service you're offering. And uh, I'm, I'm really curious. I'm pretty sure I need to set up an appointment. Yeah, I, um, it has been a huge shift for me in the sense over the past, probably the last year or two, really, as I've dived more and more into the functional medicine piece and have realized how much is, you know, how much absorption we are lacking with these supplements. I mean, obviously all of us know we can go down a rabbit hole of supplements and there are 50 supplements to one symptom and we need to take them all, you know, and I've done it myself where I have a crazy cabinet full of 
90 different things and it's overwhelming and what am I supposed to take for this and that and this and um, it just it's too much you know ultimately we shouldn't have to rely on pills you know I often you know I feel we can we can become allopathic practitioners with supplements too if we're not careful you know we can be like oh this symptom means this pill this and then you're taking a grocery bag full of pills mm -hmm. ultimately it is using that lab piece, the functional medicine piece, as well as the Eastern medicine piece, the pulses are so profound as far as being able to tell us how the body, uh, where the body needs support. And then really seeing how, our, if our body is even able to absorb B vitamin. Again, I was just saying, I had a patient this morning with um, virtually, and she's been taking all these bees. It's doing nothing. And, and ultimately it's not the supplement, it's the absorption. She needs support. We found underlying levels of issues in that small intestine layer, that area where we actually do absorb those nutrients. And it starts with high up in digestion for her. I won't go into too many details, but she's basically just urinating out the B vitamin. So it's kind of a waste of the, of the, of that supplement in the first place that feels like it could be so helpful. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one piece is really using that information at that cellular level of where the body needs support and how it needs support um, and restructuring the digestive system to help with, with absorption. And pretty much with Zoom, I often do, and we can go through people's cabinet and they'll show me everything that they're taking and we just weed it out. There, you Most people need to take like less than 10% of what they have in their cabinet is what I find. And again, there's other things that we need to do if they're taking vitamin D, they, again, they might not be absorbing it. We want them to eventually, but we need to get their body to be able to handle that fat soluble vitamin in the first place. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is just clearing the cabinet out mm -hmm. and restructuring how the body can absorb. Those you talk with people about synergistic mm -hmm. supplements, how to pair things, how, cause one of my worries is okay, well, if I'm going to take these things and is there something I'm taking mm -hmm. that is incompatible with something else I'm taking? Does that, mm -hmm. I don't know, have a negative impact or mm -hmm. that's my biggest worry or I'm going to yeah. feel nauseous, right? Totally. I think that's a really good point because in general, we are, we're just taking too much and it's really intense on the digestive system. I mean, it's no wonder why we're feeling undernourished, even though we can still like try to take all these pills, you know, it's, it's taking so many things at once without really good guidance. And also, you know, I think what I love about being an acupuncturist and Eastern medicine practitioner is we really are there to check in on people frequently. Mm -hmm. So, you know, symptoms can change from week to week and being able to be there, you know, almost like their fitness team, their health fitness team to make sure that they're progressing is really important. Um, and then again, I just think that with Eastern medicine, you never take one herb. It's always a formula of a blend of herbs, right? It's really important to create that synergistic approach by, you know, you don't just take echinacea, for instance, we call it, you know, Huang Chi that that is blended with a variety of other herbs hmm. to help increase its potential. Not to say that, you know, drinking, Echinacea tea isn't helpful for your immune system totally, but ultimately when we're really trying to treat specific, you know, systems and, mm -hmm. and work on really making some changes in the body, it's about a variety, how they all work together as a team. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that.
Mm-hmm. That is where I get so curious. How do these things work together or how do they not work together? Um, so last question about that for me, and we'll see if other folks have questions is, um, do you support folks to think about, especially before we started recording, I was sharing that I'm incredibly sensitive. So mm-hmm. can you support people to look at their diet as mm-hmm. a better source for nutrients, vitamins, mm-hmm. minerals they may be needing versus taking supplements? I think that's what it really comes down to. Ultimately, um, you know, it is food is medicine as we know. Mm-hmm. And, and again, even from the Eastern medicine perspective, food is you know, the way that we blend food is a formula and it has its health benefits, you know, certain vegetables and meats or whatever it is, they, they in a way are a formula that treat the body. Um, also acupuncture itself is powerful medicine on its own. I have a lot of people, they just don't want to take supplements. They don't want to take herbs. It just doesn't work for them and they can't be consistent about it, but they can be really consistent about acupuncture and they see huge shifts in that. Um, so I really do support, you know, the less is more mentality. And again, it, it's complicated because you could go online and, and also a lot of practitioners like me, we, we, you know, there's all kinds of things that would technically help your body in a pill, but ultimately I find that it's, um, really creating that internal support to, to create that harmony with less is more food, maybe a few herbs and supplements and acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly less expensive. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> uh, I know that uh, some folks had questions in here. Did Andrea, do you want to, did you have a question? You're welcome to unmute and ask for it. You're also welcome to chat your questions here today for Jessica. Yeah, um, I will unmute. Um, so I'm wondering about, I mean, I know, I think a lot of people think about going to um, have acupuncture done to help with pain support. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's something I'm curious about. Um, I have some uh, scar, some really painful scar tissue. Um, and I'm wondering if acupuncture could be something to help that. Um, it's not really, yeah. So curious, curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think probably what's out there on, you know, more of a Western medicine standpoint, that's what a lot of, um, Western medical practitioners understand acupuncture um, being beneficial for is pain management, especially through, you know, coming out of the opioid crisis. A lot of practitioners and medical doctors, thankfully, did you know look for alternatives and other approaches. Um, and personally, I consider rotator cuff surgery the alternative medicine, and acupuncture and chiropractic and other types of modalities really the the true healthcare um, preventative healthcare you know system, but for really helping support reducing inflammation, helping with pain, mm-hmm. acupuncture is so key for, and it does take consistency. I think one thing I do, um, 
make sure to educate people a lot about rarely do people come in, get an acupuncture treatment and leave. It's kind of like, or leave and feel better. You know, it's like expecting to go to the gym once and come out with a six pack, you know, so we really do need to, it's, you know, it compounds on each other. It, it is a health fitness in that sense to compare it to that. Um, but that being said, I find it so relieving for people, especially that have been in chronic pain and nothing else helps. Um, we're really tapping into that deep layer, moving chi and blood, nourishing areas with chi and blood. If they're against scars, usually are lacking a lot of that blood flow from an energetic level and a physical blood circulation level. So we're really stimulating that area to help create some movement through without like the uh, stagnation and scarring, just for an example. As you're talking, I'm thinking of um, C-section scars. Yes, absolutely. So that, that could be absolutely. really beneficial. I had never even thought of that. I mean, I think, I don't know about if you remember this years ago when we did a talk, I think with um, Bay Area Family Wellness, I remember talking to people. I mean, I've even treated ankle pain that was the key issue for their infertility problems. You know, I mean, it, we're, we're literally restructuring the system on, system on, you know, the body had been chronically irritated and inflamed and it was putting so much focus and attention, <coughs> excuse me, on this ankle injury that wasn't healing. And when we were able to really get into that area and treat that, the body was able to open up the reproductive system was more activated and it was completely profound. So, I mean, there's, there's really big, you know, broad levels of how it can treat the body mm. and pain is definitely one of them. That's mind blowing to me. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I get excited and surprised all the time. So I love it. <laughs> That's what we all hope for in our career, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to constantly be learning, constantly be pleasantly surprised by how, I mean, it sounds to me like just like pure magic. It's, it's really um, wonderful to remember. And I'm so glad that we're providing this information just as one more um, team member, one more, one more modality that we can really bring into the fold, especially in those moments where we're questioning, why is this thing not happening? Absolutely. Um, other things you want to share with us for moments when maternal within maternal health, uh, when when you where you see acupuncture or herbs or mm -hmm. um, uh, in, you know lab work that could be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly do uh, a lot of lab work in the initial phase with fertility support. <clears throat> so helping people, whether they're thinking about it, and it might be something that's coming up for them within the next year or so, or they've been trying. Um, I love taking on the more complicated fertility cases that have been struggling. Uh, <clears throat> you know, again, I have someone that's had a lot of, a lot of struggle getting pregnant and we really started to work on her digestion. And that is what was key, you know, bringing the body back from fight or flight, getting out of fight or flight mo mode and back into rest and digest. That's what really stimulates our reproductive system. So I like taking people that have been trying or having a hard time mm -hmm. really working on them with herbs and really consistent acupuncture. Um, and then into the phase of first trimester, you know, all the way through into mm -hmm. postpartum. I wish that I saw more of my postpartum moms, but I understand 
why I don't. It's challenging <laughs> at that time. Um, I usually don't see them for at least two years. Maybe, maybe some of them I see them earlier. Um, and then they come back and they're like, help. Um, yeah. So, you know, really helping the body um, through all, again, all of those phases, acupuncture can do so much. What about breastfeeding? Absolutely. So definitely stimulating again, blood and chi flow, making sure that's nourished. Um, and there's so many great herbs that can really help with stimulating lactation. And, um, and so I definitely, you know, support that phase as long as they come in when they're in that situation. <laughs> One of the key moments where I feel like <clears throat> I refer, and I don't know how many people show up or follow through, but is through mastitis. Mm -hmm. For me, that feels like stuck energy, yeah. like there's mm -hmm. milk not flowing. And mm -hmm. when I personally think of acupuncture, I think movement, I think balance yeah. and movement, like let's flow. And so to me, that seems like common, like it just would make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's in an infl in inflammatory condition. So there could be an, an underlying deficiency that happened during pregnancy or even prior to pregnancy. Um, and then it's manifesting. And again, the stagnation, it's just not able to move through. It doesn't have the oomph to yeah. get moving. Yeah. Especially with repeat plug mm -hmm. dogs or repeat. Yeah. Muscles. That's where I start to pause and think, okay, something else maybe is happening here and we need mm -hmm. another team member to step in to support. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. The other question I had that this comes up um, you're right. It's like two years postpartum. <laughs> what I'm hearing are people saying, okay, I'm ready to cycle again, or I mm -hmm. want to have another baby, but I'm not cycling. I'm my period's not coming back. Do I need to quit breastfeeding in order to cycle again? Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious if this is another place where acupuncture could really be beneficial. Cause I'd hate to say, and in my mind, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, like that you should have to quit breastfeeding in order to cycle again, because yeah. there's got to be more things we could do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good question because again, there, there's an underlying condition. Um, and then to be honest, a lot, I focus a lot more on the hormonal piece rather than the orthopedic piece in my practice. And it, don't get me wrong. I totally will treat that, but I do have referrals for people that are for other acupuncturists that are incredible for pain management, orthopedics. But what I would say is I love it when people don't have a period or can't figure out why they don't have a period because acupuncture is so awesome for getting that cycle restarted and really rebalancing those hormones and whether they're breastfeeding or not. Um, because again, there's some missing piece there. And then even into menopause, you know, as we go into perimenopause and menopause, as our cycle changes, all kinds of crazy, you know, there, we don't have to suffer through that. And it's the same, you know, the postpartum, our hormones are off, you know, who knows what we're have, running around a two, with a two-year-old. You're really, you know, it's so complicated and hard to actually nourish yourself. So there's a piece that we need to help re-stimulate and support the body to get that period going again. Um, so I really do love working with that. And that's reminding me of just as you're speaking of hormones going everywhere postpartum. Do you think that acupuncture is really synergistic for folks with men suffering from mental health concerns, mm -hmm. you know, just feeling that imbalance or the fluctuation of hormones and then feeling any range of emotions that, that mm -hmm. come along with 
that. Can regular acupuncture support greater balance there postpartum? Absolutely. I think it's so interesting. I don't know if anyone read, there's a study that came out recently that, that, you know, antidepressants, the the most the cause for most people's depression is not the serotonin thing that we think of right and it's actually inf- inflammation and what i would even say it goes into the gut it's inflammatory gut issues and you know the piece of the functional medicine that piece that i bring in with the mental health is um looking at lab work and seeing cholesterol and fats that's what makes our hormones that's what really helps us helps support our system so that we can have more stable energy and just maintain. Um, and without that, it really can spiral pretty quickly to create anxiety and depression. And so many people I find, they feel like it's in my head or, or whatever. And the head is a part of the body and there could be such, so many other underlying issues that we are missing when we're trying to focus on, oh, I'm depressed or I'm anxious. So I need to support, you know, this piece. Um, it can be a variety of things. So really using that, uh, again, that, that functional medicine blended with the Eastern medicine is, is super key for that. Well, that's so reassuring. And I'm excited to hear more data about that because what I didn't know postpartum, I did think like, this is separate my head, whatever I'm experiencing up here has nothing to do with the rest of my body. And what I try to say a lot in my, in our groups here at the nest is about the importance of eating. I mean, it's one thing we can eat to feed or nourish our nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I think if someone had reframed that for me in postpartum, I would have made a greater effort to, mm-hmm. I was tired yeah. and food felt so far away and I was eating, but maybe not the best. Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited to hear more and more uh, information coming out about I mean, to me, it feels hopeful. Like, wait, there's other things I can do. I don't have to be here without a lot of options. So that feels good. Yeah. And again, kind of going back to that piece, how empowering it is, because we could have the best diet too, or, mm-hmm. or not. And if we aren't really nourishing ourselves on that deep level, it just, it spirals and it feels unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a huge piece with how we are just able to function throughout the day. So really tapping into that and finding that deep nourishment, it's, it just catalyzes our mood completely. Hopeful. Yeah. Jessica, we have a question about fatigue. Um, this is a question. She takes a prenatal complex zinc and a herbal supplement to support her, um, milk production. Mm -hmm. Curious what you think about vitamin D. So, oh, I think those are two separate. That is one question about fatigue. And the other one is curious about vitamin D supplementation for babies. Mm. Comfortable answering either though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The first question, I think just so I'm clear uh, is about you're feeling tired, but you're taking those things and still feel tired. Is that? I think so. Okay. Yeah. um, I mean, again, we're, you know, to reiterate myself, I do think there is an underlying deficiency still with, with nutrients. Not related. Oh, <laughs> so not related. curious how okay. acupuncture can support with fatigue is a separate question. Oh, got it. Okay. Oh yeah. So again, a lot of what, um, the acupuncture piece is, is kind of, like I said, we're re-tapping into that parasympathetic mode, the rest and digest. I mean, how many of us 
especially with little kids are gosh, running around crazy or you're in traffic or whatever it is, or there's a stressful email, like constantly bombarded with fight or flight mode. And mm -hmm. that fight or flight mode is designed to protect us, right? We, we need cortisol to keep us, gets, it wakes us up. It helps us sustain energy throughout the day. Um, and it protects us from, you know, the tiger or whatever that means throughout the day for you. And we are just nonstop getting that in our, you know, day to day um, too much. So that cortisol level is just completely tapped out. And then we kind of live in this like, uh, unnourished fight or flight mode, constantly running from the tiger. We just don't have the energy to really keep going. So our body will, yeah. Can I add to what you're just saying real quick? Cause you can uh -huh. throw it in there. Last week we talked yeah. about mom brain and we learned that mm. actually in, in the first two years, moms have a higher level of all of those things you just said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then totally. wouldn't we be feeling the like more of that in that last two, in that first two years? Um, not necessarily depending on how, you know, supported the body was before pregnancy and into okay. pregnancy. I didn't mean to interrupt um, just as you were talking. No, about that's it. a really good question because that, that's, uh, that's a part of it. It, it can be really overwhelming and your body's tapped out. Cortisol is very sensitive. And hmm. when we just live in that nonstop cortisol, fight or flight kind of mama bear life with, yeah. you know, that will deplete us pretty quickly. And then it's mom brain, it's fatigue that it cortisol is also you know uh, a hormone to a degree and and that can kind of take the energy away from our us making other hormones um so yeah really making sure to sustain the body and get back into that parasympathetic mode we need the rest the digest that's what activates our hormones our reproductive system our digestion and when we're just in like fight or flight, go, go, go. It's, it's so depleting on the system. Long story to get to the point, acupuncture really does. We're, we're literally tapping right into that rest and digest. You know, I have people on the table, maybe people have experienced this before and their belly is just like gurgly and activated. And it's because it's finally digesting, probably hasn't really truly digested for weeks. And now you're on the table and there's relaxing music and you're just in the zone and that parasympathetic mode is, is activated again. Um, so that's a big piece of that, the acupuncture piece. So cool. And so just to weave in something we mentioned earlier, if your body is not uptaking supplements because your digestion is wonky, whatever, right? As you were mentioning a couple of examples, mm -hmm. acupuncture could, based on what you just said, support better digestion so that you could take in those, those vitamins better. Yes, absolutely. And then actually that kind of goes into vitamin D for babies. I think it's really important to, you know, I've gone through it too. In my career, there was a time when we were like vitamin 10,000, I use a vitamin D and now I'm like, don't everyone stop taking vitamin D. Um, and you know, again, it's about the absorption. If we can't break down this fat soluble vitamin, it, there's no point. I mean, it's why, why else would everyone be, everyone's so vitamin D deficient. We live in California. We take vitamin D. It's, it's really figuring out that piece of getting your body to really be able to manage what you're already giving it. And then sometimes we do need to add that supplement in as well. Can you take too much D? Can it be harmful? 
Yeah, because it's a fat soluble vitamin that has to go through the liver. There's a lot more that it needs um, for breakdown. And so you definitely can take too much. Um, but again, the studies flip-flop all the time. There's, you know, again, I based a lot of my um practice off a study from Australia five or six years ago where it was like 10 to, you know, 10,000 to 11,000 I use it for everyone. And now it's I've I've really dialed that back. I just don't think people really need to take so much. Um, and some people do experience the benefits. They they can feel it when they take it. That means they're they're probably um, their system is apt. It can actually absorb it. Okay. So for babies who probably don't have the same issues we have with absorption, mm-hmm. what's your recommendation? First, yeah, I mean, look, looking at digestion. Yeah, we might want to make sure that digestion seems pretty normal and healthy. Mm-hmm. If there is a digestive issue for babies, we definitely want to focus on that. It's, you know, again, kind of going the Marie Kondo thing. Honestly, it's just a, it's a waste of money to be taking all these things if we're not really utilizing the benefits of it ultimately. Um, and so, you know, really making sure to focus on again, our pulses without having to do blood work on babies, like our pulses are incredible blood work. That's, that's labs right there. Um, so we can find a lot of information from that. And then again, supporting any other symptoms that are happening outside of it. Thank you. I think that's a big question on a lot of people's minds. Thanks mm-hmm. for coming. Uh, any other questions from anyone here with us today? And you're welcome to unmute and ask a question, or you're welcome to chat in your question that you may have for Jessica, who is here to talk about acupuncture and integrative medicine throughout the maternal health journey and as well for pediatrics. Not right now. Okay. Feel free to chat in your questions. We just have a few more minutes here with Jessica. Jessica, anything else you want to share and be sure that our listeners know uh, that you're offering in both the Nevada County area, the Bay area and Mm. on uh, virtual support online. Yeah, I actually have um, pretty much phased out of my practice in Oakland. I still um, have root and stem and will run it from afar in Oakland. I have two Mm. amazing practitioners Jessica Putkow and Michelle Binzak. They are there taking the reins. They're both lovely and have a lot of experience with prenatal postpartum fertility support. Michelle's my orthopedics person. She's awesome. They're all, they're both incredible. I feel very grateful to be able to sort of phase away and know that they're there taking care of everyone in in the Bay. Um, and I'm here now three days a week. Um, in Nevada city. And I just have been felt so supported by the community again, networking with awesome practitioners like you and working with the nest and, you know, really connecting with some really great people here. It's, it's been a, a, a better welcome that I could have even imagined having a practice up here. It's a pretty magical. I've been living up here and commuting for so many years. And now I finally have been able to, to make the, you know, figure it out that I need to practice up here. Well, as I said, we're very, very lucky to have you here in person and to be able to support, obviously this essential care. I have one more question. If no one else has to ask, and this is the, at the end of, is it really the end of our maternal health journey? Of course, Mm -hmm. 
I'm entering the next stage and uh, tell us when should, or I, I hate the word should, when's a good time to consider uh, tuning in for acupuncture support as we head towards perimenopause? Because I'm almost there. I mean, the sooner the better. Absolutely. It's so key. You know, my experience, I worked at a hospital in China and, um, and I worked at a hospital in Oakland as well. And, you know, the, the benefits of the integrative approach that the Chinese hospitals offer, you know, when you go to see a gynecologist, it's a really different situation in China. You are in a room full of everyone else that's waiting. Every, there's no privacy. You and the doctor plus 20 other women are talking about your perimenopausal symptoms. And you're, it's such a collaborative process. And I also understand the benefit of having the privacy with just a one-on-one -on -one doctor. Mm -hmm. But I love that they really um, use that community kind of style to, to work on, you know, oh, well, I did this too. And the doctor's listening to everyone being like, right, that works, you know, and the acupuncturist is like, great. Oh yeah, I did that treatment for you. And that worked, you know, it's, it's just so much more collaborative. I love that. Mm -hmm. Now I do private appointments in my practice here generally. Um, and really getting, we just, we don't have to suffer. We don't have to suffer with perimenopause and menopause. Um, and we, we do, <laughs> you know, I know. Our, I mean, our, our Western doctors, they're not designed to, they don't know how to treat it. It really comes down to that. And I, I don't mean to throw Western medicine under the best, but they ultimately do not have the tools for preventative care and working with HRTs and bioidenticals eventually. I mean, those aren't bad either. You know, we can, we can manage the symptoms and, and some of the side effects of that, but getting it early on, we just, we, we suffer needlessly and we just, we really don't need to, you know, our body is, can be balanced and we can feel a lot better. Well, that's reassuring, Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Cause I'm heading through that stage with a little bit of anticipation and fear going, Oh God, watching my, you know, mothers and grandmothers ahead of me thinking, ah, totally. Um, so yeah, we, we really didn't to. have that support. I wish we had, you know, I had a, a patient who's going through perimenopause, menopause right now. And she's like, isn't there like a, a ceremony that I can do that's like phasing into this phase. And I'm like, I know we need that. You know, we need to honor this change. It's inevitable. And we just like suffer with hot flashes and mood swings and nights. It's just, we don't need that. And no. you know, we'll have to yeah. expand our scope at the nest to embody those sorts of ceremonies. That sounds good. Totally. <laughs> Jessica, thank you for joining us at The Nest on Tab. We're so happy to have you here. Um, any last things you want to share or can you tell us just so it's, we'll put it in the show notes, but just so you also, for those who are listening, people, ways for people to find you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here in Nevada City on um, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. You can book online. I oh. do also, I have in-person um, programs and offerings. I also do a virtual um, program for people that are far away or they just don't have the time to commit to getting into the acupuncture office. I mm -hmm. totally feel that. Um, you can book rootandstemclinic.com. And I am no longer in Oakland, but I am in the Nevada City office. Thanks, Jessica. 
We look Thank forward you so to your 2023. Hopefully, your prenatal yeah. program will be hopefully yeah. we'll be hosting you there too. For sure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Katie, so much. Have a good day. You've been listening to The Nest on Tap. For more talks about pregnancy and parenting, visit us online at thenestfamilyresource.com, on Facebook at The Nest Childbirth Postpartum and Parenting, and on Instagram at thenest.nc.